Mikey, Chris, James, firstly, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. It is an absolute pleasure <coughs> on my end. How, how's your day been so far? Pretty good, man. Busy. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, working, chilled. Uh, and then uh, I'm round at Mike's house, to be honest. <laughs> he invited himself round. I just cooked him some food. Yeah. Um, yeah, just working, to be honest. I mean, it's, no one probably cares, but I was laying a bit of carpet down where I work. Is that um, the carpet that you took from our rehearsal the other day? It is indeed. Yeah, yes. yeah. A couple okay. of people thrown out some perfectly good carpet rolls and I could have done with them, so... I'm glad you had that in there because, like, straight away you can't an image of you what you were just tearing the carpet of the rehearsal room. But you're not far off, yeah. Well, so there's the, where we practice. They've got um, like I think it's a carpet fitters next door. Yeah, yeah. And there was loads of like old carpet that just like chucked out the yeah. back near a skiff, and Mike was like, "I'm taking that for the, for the studio. Get it in, boys. Get it in the back of the car." <laughs> yeah. I, I did ask. Well, I made sure I could take it. I didn't just steal. Yeah, a banana studio in Redditch. Yeah. Is this shit that reminds everybody that you're human beings and that uh, <laughs> all musicians are, particularly in the UK, are real people? And are all broke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have to steal our carpet. Well, listen, I've got a bigger question for you then, and uh, you all get a go with this one. How you been holding up personally in the pandemic period over the last 18 months? And what, if anything, has helped you get through what has been a pretty horrendous time? Uh, you can go ahead, James, first. Oh, God, okay, Pr pressure. Um, I've been okay. Um, I've worked the whole way through because I work in a cafe. Um, I'm a manager of a cafe. So uh, we just did take away coffees to people through the front door. Um, and to be honest, it just, for me, it didn't really feel as lockdown-y as everyone else, I don't think. Um, so I've been doing better than I would have been. Um, but, yeah, other than that, all right. That's all you can hope for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm quite lucky, really, because a lot of people, like I don't know, Chris, uh, with his tattoo shop, like has just had to shut down. So he's been stuck inside for like months and months, whereas I've been actually been able to go out to work and socialise with people. So. Mm. Mm. Good point. All right, I might as well go next time, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose at the start of it all, I, I, I'll be honest, I was like super anxious about loads of stuff and I struggled a lot for the first like few months of everything. <clears throat> and like, I suppose now, super, I don't know, it just it is what it is, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's great to be, uh, great to be like back, being able to do things like musically and just being able to just like have a bit more just freedom in terms of doing what you want. But yeah, like it, it wasn't great having to like close my shop and stuff like that and not really know when the hell I'm going to make some money. So, Going on to that, tattoos, because as you can tell, I've uh, I've had a fair few over the years myself. Do you feel like tattooists in particular, uh, amongst a few other sort of um, areas like that, were kind of the forgotten, the forgotten victims of that sort of lockdown period where there was the obviously high health standards you have anyway, which yeah. kind of dismissed? Mm. Yeah, I mean... I mean, for, for us, so it was it was kind of a bit kind of like you never really knew kind of like what category you fell into and stuff like that. They never really mentioned kind of like, oh, like, you know, tattoo studios can open X, Y and Z or whatever. It was always kind of having to like read between the lines and work out, well, where do we kind of fit in what is X, Y and Z and whatever. So it did, definitely did feel like you were kind of like forgotten about in a sense. Um, so, yeah, it was quite tough, but. 
you know, I'm still here. So it's all yeah. good. Yeah, I'm glad you're getting through the other end of it, you know, as much as you possibly can. Has uh, it's, it's this country. Who knows what tomorrow is going to bring? Yeah, yeah. Were yourself, uh, Mikey? Yeah, so I'd, I was really unlucky. So I about four days before the first lockdown, I'd been basically, I just registered as self-employed and I basically started renting uh, a little unit that I was turning into like a, like a teaching studio for like guitar and drums and, and stuff. Um, I had my day of opening and then three days later I had to shut it all. Um, yeah, so I hadn't been registered for self-employed. I think it had to be three years, I think, for all the the help. So I, I got some some premises help, but but by that I was closed for ages. And, and similar to Chris, trying to find what category I kind of fell into, we were always kind of the last to kind of get any information. So I, I spent quite a while not working, <laughs> which was um, thankfully my girlfriend's uh she still got to work so we could kind of we still had bread and water so we <laughs> <laughs> so we're all right but I've, I've only even it's probably similar to you i think it was april the 12th this year i've only really been open and working since then so it's not even been it feels like it's been ages but actually not yeah it's not been open that long, really. but it's going good now so i can't can't complain you know. Yeah, it's one of those things, I think, particularly when we talk to bands and artists across the entire world, when we ask these similar questions, particularly in regards to on a more personal level. And everyone kind of comes back to some of the things, look, you know, we've had our own difficulties, but we almost don't want to complain or sort of over stress hours, because obviously for a lot of other people, it's been a horrendous time. Um, do you find you, that's the case with yourselves? Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this, I've heard stories of some people like completely losing their jobs and stuff. Mm. So the fact that I was able to to not work and then go exactly back to to what I've just done and it be good, I'm actually really thankful for that. To be fair, well, yeah, there's um, been there's been a lot of people in like a lot worse places. I mean, yeah. well, the whole like past eighteen months has been terrible for a lot of people. So I think I think anyone who's still working and has got a roof over their head or whatever is extremely lucky in the circumstances. So. Yeah, I think me living in Stratford upon Avon as well is feel like it's in its own little bubble uh, where it hasn't been as bad. Like, because I've been into like Birmingham a bit, and Birmingham was like a ghost town um, because obviously there's like office office buildings and like that kind of thing, and there was just nobody there. Mm. Whereas in Stratford, there's because it's like quite a pretty pretty place. There's like a lot of people walking around, a lot of people just like doing that kind of thing. So it felt That's very different. Of the day, mm. yeah. <laughs> What about its effect on Last Hounds? I mean, the most obvious thing that I know has had an effect on is the huge delay to the upcoming debut release. But what about as uh, together performers who <clears throat> spend and write time, write and spend time together? You know what? It, it's a bit weird. I mean, I don't know what you're going to say. Well, no, like, so we kind of planned to release this album maybe like mid 2020. Yeah, it was definitely. Weird. But. In, in hindsight, we kind of, we look at it now and think, you know what, we're kind of glad we hadn't because it gave us the time to go back to some stuff and we, we redid some stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like, we ended up like looking at, spending a bit more time on stuff that perhaps we wouldn't have at the time or whatever. And like looking at it now, we're like really happy with what we've come out with, yeah. given the time that we had, I suppose, as an extension. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know really what else I can say from that. But what, like, what, what would you go? We also had time to to like get it <clears throat> to like send it out to 
like record labels so we would have probably yeah. never been on van records if we hadn't of if we'd released it in 2020 so it's kind of a bit of a blessing for us really yeah that's right. actually really important i've not thought of it like that before actually the whole van records thing yeah i mean even like we got we worked with the wipeout music for publishing and like none of none of this sort of stuff was in place like at that point and we were kind of still like working towards like we want to release mid 2020 but mm-hmm. I think you know we've we we've got so so many like so much cool support now um, that we never had at the time. So yeah, it, I think it's it worked out better yeah, for the band quite, in a way. Which, to is, say that. Yeah. which is weird, um, but uh, yeah. Again, it's a common theme amongst almost every, and we're talking about every band artist we've spoken to in, who, who had a forced delay or effectively had more time to work on a release that they would have had to put out six months or a year ago, praising the fact that, look, it's a good thing. We've got time to spend perfecting and making this the best it could be. Is that how you see it? This is the best it could possibly be with the extra time. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm always going to say you can always do better. But <laughs> If he had his way, he'd still be re-recording stuff now. Yeah, probably. Right? No, that's um, no, definitely. I think I, I definitely think like the the more time we had, definitely. Yeah, that's made such. I'm sure we added an extra track as well, didn't we? Ben's short track wasn't on it originally. Yes, we did. We did add, add an extra track. Yeah, there. so it even got like another short track added on as well. So overall, do you think Last Hounds have come out of this stronger? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it seems weird saying, and I feel bad saying it because I'm sure there's bands that haven't had the best of luck during lockdown. So I almost feel a little bit guilty saying that. Yeah, I mean, everything that we've had, like compared to 18 months ago, like what we've got now, like signing to Venn, Wipeout, uh, working with Noise Cartel, um, working now with Marshall for booking as well. Like we didn't have a lot of that stuff in place a long time ago. Lee, our manager, like, as well like we had I'd only had him for like a little well not really being a manager at the start um and then that's helped out massively because he's the guy that like takes our record and like has been showing it to the right people and like poking us in the right direction and like it just helped us a lot yeah and he got a lot of time off during COVID to help us out as well because obviously he was a teacher so yeah, he was Again, at home yeah. a lot, and uh, yeah, to be fair, there was a lot of emails back and forth, and like, I, yeah, definitely massive shout out to him. He's uh, he's really like pushed us in the right direction, and like gained us like some some cool. Can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool, the cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, um... Do you think you've learned a lot, uh, not just from a personal Last Hounds perspective, but almost from a business perspective in regards to the industry? Yes. You, you massively, I'd say. Mm. You've learned loads on you. Chris is like the business one, so he's, he's mm. not the business one, but he's good with that. Like if me and James were sat here, I feel like we'd struggle to do some business. <laughs> we'd be like, what's business? What's going on? <laughs> I feel like you've definitely like upped your game massively with stuff like that, haven't you? Yeah, well, I think it's come hand in hand with like running my own business and it's just kind of like fed into the band a bit so so yeah but yeah i i, I suppose like business is quite a broad term but i no, i think as a band business i think as a band we've we've definitely become more kind of like focused on what we want to achieve um and i suppose 
I mean, we still we still treat our band fairly lightheartedly, I would say, but we're like serious in a sense that we know what we want to do. Mm. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but you know. <laughs> well, I can roll it into this next one then in regards to non-generic business terms, but the expectation that comes from being in a band these days, and we're talking about the drip feeding of content up to a release. We're talking about videos. We're talking about social media presence and the desire or the necessity for you to be always on in some way. Is that something that you've learned a lot about? Is it something you're finding you enjoy? Or is it something you kind of now see as this is part and parcel of what it requires to be in a band these days? We were lit- we've were we been talking about this like the past like, few weeks, haven't we? That whole thing. Have we? Yeah. Do you not think? Just say what you're going to say and I'll... Uh... Just with the whole... I feel like massively now... Um, it's getting likes and getting comments and being a social media presence is like a huge part of being in a band. Mm. And I, I, I really dislike that kind of side of it, but if you don't do it, you just get lost in the sea of Facebook and, and Instagram, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think we've, we've learned a massive amount doing it because we've realized what, what works and what doesn't work, but we're quite good. Well, especially you, Chris is very good at like, gaining content he's always thinking about content he's always like when we're doing something he's like oh i've got to take photos of this got to take videos of this for example like mikey's still in the carpet the night like there's a video of that on our instagram and just like just all of the like people love like the odd crap we get up to and so yeah you try quite hard to make it like us rather than make it fake we just try and have it so it's like well i just film what's going on if yeah it's just real i feel like people like it when it's real because they can like everyone's you can be in a position that everyone else has been in or is going to be in and everyone can laugh and relate to it and i feel like people like that don't they yeah and it seems to be a we're just a bunch of a bunch of knobheads so. yeah that's <laughs> it was well, use the word it's relatable man it's relatable yeah. you know people love your rock stars and look at your metallicas and your maidens and all those people at the very top of the the scene um but they're not relating to them because obviously they're super millionaire superstars Whereas mm-hmm. the people that are around them, that's it, it, it's, it's real, as you said. Yeah, I think that's what's cool, man. Yeah, and, and I think it, and people seem to, I think there's there was a big phase quite a few years ago on social media where the kind of fake thing was a thing to do, but now I feel like people like to see more real, don't they? They don't like. The yeah, fake. they like to be able to just kind of like relate to stuff. Well, I I, I think so. I mean, at least the the people that follow us. Well, there's yeah. too much fake crap out there, I think, now. Like, there's so many people like pretending they've got a nice car by taking a photo in front of a nice car that they see in the street or all this stuff that's like not real. It's nice to have some genuine... Real, like, real nubbets. Yeah, real, real. <laughs> real nubbets. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Is it easy for you to kind of uh, let down your guard like that and effectively expose yourselves to being... Um real people as it were so you know i'm a fan base and the basis that okay you want to be approachable but ultimately um that comes with it such difficulties and uh, lowering of your guard yeah i'd, yeah, I'd I think say I would, at the start i think it's, it's weird for us because we we've always been kind of we started off right at the beginning people used to even just when we went we played like shows and gigs with people people would like we play a show because our live show is kind of quite energetic and aggressive um people tend to think that we're going to be like that in real life mm. uh, and we're not we're a complete opposite yeah, looking at through and like 
can't believe you guys are just like so normal and so nice and it's like I don't know what, yeah. you, I don't know what you expected us to be but it's a uh, that's interesting to see yeah that's that's exactly like you Mike so mm-hmm. so yeah smashing glass on the head on stage and then I'm sat with like a diet Pepsi just having a snooze yeah exactly. <laughs> guys I completely completely understand it as well you take me back to memory a couple of years ago back when I was a little bit more uh, nervous and scared about doing this I ended up doing an interview with um you know, a guitarist from Biohazard. And uh, that was terrifying because obviously, you know, whoa. Yeah. And it yeah. was the nicest people I'd ever spoken to in my entire life. And it really kind of <laughs> changed my perspective on that, you know? Yeah. It's refreshing. I think it's really refreshing. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, Because it's nice to know the, the people that you admire or you you like to follow and stuff. You, you like to know they're nice people. And I, it, yeah. it, make, it, it makes you want to support them more. That makes sense because sometimes there's, there's been people I've really say not idolize but I or look up to but I I enjoy to kind of follow their lives kind of see what they're doing and then when you find out they're actually a bit of a dick it's like oh. mm. yeah, yeah. Sure. puts you off massively doesn't yeah, it man. so of course Burden is the new album October twenty second by Ven Records where's your head at with it now guys you've been sitting in this for such a long time as we know you've had you've had um, major changes and you've perfect as much as you can but with this close to release i mean it's tuesday today we are now what three that's three days away how are you feeling about it nervous excited just want to get it out oh, uh, i mean i mean I, I feel like probably there's ever like people in the band who've got different opinions of like it at the moment I, i'm excited and i also just want to like get it out yeah do you know i feel like i've been sat on it for 20 years i just want to <laughs> I just always can't believe that it's like it just sort of hasn't hit me that it's actually coming out yet. Yeah, when you said three days then, I was like, I had a bit of an epiphany. I kind of like, mm. it still feels like Friday's like a week or two away. It's weird. It still feels like we've got about seven singles to go before <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, content, content, content. Do you, um, are you ready to move on musically? Do, or do you see this? And this album, particularly considering the period it's going to come out and an encapsulation of this specific time period for last hands good question yeah i think the time period has like made it what it is mm-hmm. i think we it wasn't originally it wouldn't have originally been like that but like the weird bits we like the bits we changed and like that kind of thing it's it now it kind of encapsulates it especially yeah. like your feelings mikey i think yeah it feels like what you said it, it feels like it's had an added year of maturity onto it mm. that's the best way do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, like you rewrote some lyrics and stuff, yeah. and like so, some of the some of the tracks that are on it that are from that were written, say, a couple of years ago or whatever, were kind of like social discourse kind of tracks, <laughs> like like in social commentary. Sorry, mm. um, and then say some of the lyrics that you wrote for Bleed and stuff like that was actually like commentary on what's happened over the past 18 months so yeah lots of new stuff to write about and stuff that I felt like was important to people so to have a chance to like go through and try and kind of make a few songs a bit more about that I feel like that's kind of added to it hasn't it yeah wasn't um, it sorry carry on I was just gonna say like I think we are we might we might be putting some more music out next year maybe it's always very difficult to talk to artists and in in a release window this close because of course this work is done and as you say it's been done for a while now so naturally as musicians and creators and artists you will have been 
doing other things but we don't want to talk about that because we're here to plug the bloody new album <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the reggae one coming out next year <laughs> was it easy to find inspirations not just for lyrics but i guess the general atmosphere of the album as a whole by both looking inward and outward throughout obviously the difficult period for the world not least of all our own country and we're not just talking about the pandemic so was there a lot of inward and outward thinking behind this oh yeah you've got some great stuff for this Oh, I don't think we're on the spot. You that, do, though, mate. Like some of your lyrics, um, not just about the pandemic, but like the whole, like, just um, what's that? Uh, extraordinary and stuff like that. Like, there's loads of like lyrics that you've um, talked about different things that have happened over the past 18 months. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, just to, to nutshell it, really, it just there's been so much gone on and and so many different people I feel like have been affected in so many different ways, but there's like, they're all linkable. Um, and it just, I feel like we kind of, the whole record itself is just something for people to be able to grab hold of and, and kind of scream along with us and just kind of whatever they have left in them of kind of what's happened in the last few years, really. Um, I mean, it's, I, I try to, lyric-wise, I tried to do a few songs just where it's kind of, it talks to all those people, but they can all take the lyrics in a different way um, to kind of what's happened to them, but it is all still relatable in the kind of big scheme of, of kind of what happened and what's happened. And I mean, there's still aftermath going on, but it's, I just, it's just nice to have something that people can jump, kick, pit and scream and shout to and feel like everyone's part of something type thing they've all been through it so they can scream with each other mm. yeah that'd be, that'd be a, lot people, a lot of people are angry as well so <laughs> yeah. it's very relatable mm. yeah and the expectation is obviously if people that haven't listened to a single note of what you guys have done is just to read something perhaps and go okay well this is going to be angry music about angry times which then asks begs the question how easy is it for you to not just open up about these particular conversations or it, is it something you actively go out of your way to maybe avoid taking a stance one way or the other you talked about being quite open-ended i guess yeah so it's a good question because in the older last town stuff i try to um limit wise steer away from getting too wrapped up in being personally political about things um and we try and keep it more just on the general things that kind of affect people and would kind of comment on them um but definitely with with what's happened and the way certain people have handled certain things um it made me 100 open up more and, and be a lot more personal writing about stuff that i would not normally take a stand on or i would usually just kind of stay in the middle of and some of the songs are literally me taking a side with people and being like, fuck's sake, <laughs> that thing effectively. So yeah, hundred percent. And especially having that extra year where we, we went back and recorded stuff. I, I generally kind of, the, the lyrics I changed did get way more personal to what I've ever kind of written before. Mm. Um, which is weird because sometimes if people read them or talk to me about them, I do get a bit like, oh, like, like you were saying about kind of keeping our guard up and stuff because they're quite personal lyrics. And sometimes when people say, oh, like, oh, can you kind of explain that in more detail? Like, it's a bit like, oh, <laughs> I can, but it's like, if you're caught off guard, you can be a bit embarrassed about it, if you know what I mean. It sounds silly, but I kind of... Well, yeah, that whole opening up yourself in any way, let alone uh, in song format, that might be a personal song to you, lyrically. 
Um, I can't imagine doing it, put it that way. And it's not my style. So credit to anyone that's able to do that. Uh, I wanted to ask then, um, Chris and James, and specifically, when you hear that, and for example, when Mikey brings you forth lyrics to match the music and stuff like that, and you see the personal nature of it, is it something that you find yourself completely in love with immediately? Or is it something you have to adapt your minds around? <clears throat> Do you want to go first, James? That's, that's a hard question. Yeah, like most of the time, most of the time, um, what Mikey's talking about is pretty, like in line with what the way that we all feel. Mm-hmm. But there'll be like times where, like, he'll write something, and we in the studio, and if it doesn't work, we'll all put like input and stuff into the like to help the writing uh, of the lyrics. But like, I would say ninety nine percent of it, we, it's we're spot on, really. Yeah, I mean. To be fair, like you really like the new lyrics, yeah. I like it. I like. It. I, to be honest, dude, like I like most of your lyrics anyway. And then, yeah, like yeah, like James yeah. said, like there's been plenty of times when we're in the studio where there's like a couple of things where you think, well, does that really work in the context of what it's about or whatever? Um, but most of the time, like I think you, yeah, like Mikey's lyrics are always sick, and like me and um, me and Mike like demo them a lot together. Um, and to be fair, there's half the time when you're going through them, I don't, I, I can't really like fault you on a lot of it. So. I'm just buttering you up now, <laughs> mate. <Yeah. laughs> Considering the music, um, obviously Last Hounds plays, but also from the general vibe that comes from you, do you agree, at least from my perspective, um, that there's a lot of positivity that can come from this style of music, not just your own, but you know, the hardcore punk stuff that's synonymous with so many not necessarily negative things but the counterculture defiance rage against the machine that kind of thing uh positive messages are sometimes lost but i think you can find a lot of positivity in it is it something you agree with or do you just no let's get the anger out you know what it i i think i don't know i think the music can sometimes be quite angsty Mm-hmm. But I think it's it it's all like one package in a sense is like granted say the music can be like fairly angry, but the the band as people or stuff like that uh, are I don't know, conveying like a really positive message, whether it's through like their social media or anything, like it's more as like an overall picture rather than just what you what you listen to. It's the, yeah, it's community, isn't it? So like people all of yeah. like people that even listen to our music all of us we're all helping each other out and it's almost like it's positive to be like cathartic and to like get your anger out it's not very good to sit on it mm. so that's that's my positive outlook on the, like this genre of music is that you need i need a way to like vent and like say that's how i do it yeah like you're, you're all doing it as as one group and like if you can do that with if you can do that as a band with loads of other bands and then a massive group of fans collectively, I think that's an amazing thing, really. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, you're playing two release shows where you're going to play the album in full at the end of November, Birmingham and London. I'm going to ask, any special reason why these two cities are getting the album in full? <sighs> oh, is this... Is this uh... <laughs> um... I mean, to be fair, you made it seem weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Birmingham, Birmingham, because I suppose we class it as our we, we yeah, class it as our hometown. Although, like a few years ago, when we used to do hometown shows, we do some in like like Coventry, Warwickshire area. Um, 
but Birmingham because we class it as a, as a hometown, and London because we've always had a bit of a following in London. Yeah, like I suppose it's kind of like be always been our second best city. So we kind of wanted to have these two shows as like super exclusive. Like we're gonna play the whole album, mm. and then like you know obviously we we plan to do more next year. But we just wanted to have this real kind of like super exclusive super exclusive sweatbox vibe i would suppose to yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's all we can describe it as yeah. really well i completely understand the london one um uh, uh black the black heart you're familiar with it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so yeah your description of sweatbox is just about accurate thankfully it's november <laughs> so it might be a bit freaking cooler yeah yeah um, overall, how concerned are you guys about the grassroots venues and the survival of the underground scene in this country? Now, this is obviously coming out of the pandemic and the closure of many and uh, potential closure of many. And I guess this comes up because particularly we just talked about it, the venue in question that you were playing in November, the Black Heart, had to be crowdfunded uh, to survive this. Yeah, all that. yeah. that's mad. Do you, know, do you know what? It's, I think for bands, particularly our kind of level, um, if a lot of the kind of grassroots venues start disappearing, it's it's a lot harder to get onto the, the, the bigger kind of venues and the bigger shows. And a lot of bands like us use those those kind of smaller venues where you build your fan bases and you, you build your name and you you kind of craft, you practice and hone your craft. And without that, I feel like you would kind of really struggle that you would lose that middle bridge to kind of get you from from A to C and it'd be like it, it would be tough and I think a lot of bands would kind of wouldn't go all the way and I would imagine some would you would lose a lot of like a big handful of good bands would just disappear I think I mean there's, there's a lot of bands that have called it a day over the past 18 months yeah. just because of everything so yeah definitely anything to add there James about the grassroots venues um yeah well I, I think I, I think this is like the whole thing that's happened is pretty detrimental to the industry in general. Um, a lot of jobs to go ven- in venue, yeah, because like um, there isn't like there wasn't a massive amount of like little small venues anyway, um, and this is only going to make it harder, um, which is going to make it just have a knock-on effect to the whole music industry, not just the smaller bands. Um, so it's going to be an interesting like next couple of years just to see how it really affects and what stays open and what closes. Major part of that seems to be uh, obviously the fans more than anything else. The hunger and the desire for live music coming back has kind of meant we've got this incredible flurry of sellout shows for all levels of bands, but also an incredibly disgustingly full gig catalogue. Long term, do you think that's going to stick? Do you think uh, the desire will stay or that we might end up slipping back in kind of the old way of doing things where uh, I'm not going to pop down to see that band because they'll be back next month on a support tour for so-and-so? Well, gives me nightmares. I'll, I'll, I'll say this now. I fucking hope not. <laughs> um, I don't know. You never know. Like, it's impossible to call, isn't it? I think it's possible, but I would hope that, like, especially for some bands that have had to struggle through this, I would hope that it sticks out like this for the next few years, <laughs> and that it, I suppose it might settle back into its its older ways. I suppose, but it's frustrating. So many people, so many people complained about not being able to go to gigs. And so many people were like, oh, I just can't wait to go to a gig and I can't wait to do this and I can't wait to go out. So they better be there, <laughs> all those people. Because like, like a lot of people say things and then don't actually act upon it. So, I mean, 
hopefully. It's, it's the time for people to kind of show their support, isn't it, really? And yeah. and sell out, as you were saying, like start selling out shows for all these bands that deserve it. And support an industry that's going to need it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, think, uh, I think we're all in agreement there. There's no question. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Guys, if we were to go back into uh, a lockdown, if we were, you know, uh, this year, socially distant shows, last hand, people sitting down, relaxing. Not sure. Good. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I just it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Did you, um, did you by chance, any of you attend one of those style shows when they were briefly happening last year? No. Do you? No, no. The first show that I went to was. Um, What's the first show I went to? I went to see uh, While She Sleeps in uh, Broome. And I, yeah, no way I could have gone to any of those socially distant shows. Like, it's just like. For that style of music as well, it just doesn't work. I don't mm, think. You need, yeah. you need the crowd to be giving you 100%. Like, that, and you need that energy, don't you? So. Yeah, like, fair place to some of the bands that did it, but I can't really. do it myself. Yeah. It'd be like a cabaret show, wouldn't it? I don't know if we. Yeah, you feel like you should have like a like a, a yeah like a, a break in the middle so you can get like ice cream at the. You know what I mean? I mean, I'd be down for that. I'd be happy for a middle break yeah, ice cream. Yeah. It's like talk amongst, amongst yourself. What you can get some? Yeah, just get him a raspberry. Fantastic. All right, Burden is out on October twenty second by Event Records. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Cheers, man. Owen is on. Great questions as well, actually. Yeah, really, really good. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash gbhbl as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?